When your mission is to build social and economic legacies for women, you can rest assured that whatever you do, you definitely mean business. Our next guest is Nzinga Graham Smith, founder and CEO of the Forever Green Group. And if you want to know more about Nzinga and her mergers and acquisitions, her interests, and her mission to invest in the legacy of women, then join us after the introduction. Hello and welcome. I'm Clayton M. Coke, and I'm also the host for The Cashflow Show, the radio show that's disguised in the shape of a podcast, but with so much more. Every week we'll be interviewing someone inspiring from the business world and finding out how they started in business, what their trials and tribulations were, and how they intend to grow their business in the future. We will also be finding out about what they do in their spare time, as well as asking them to pick a book, a film, and a favorite single or album, and to share their reasons for doing so. So why not join us at The Cashflow Show? It's not just a radio show, it's a whole new way of doing business. The Cashflow Show, coming to you from the city of London, real people, real business, real talk. Welcome to The Cashflow Show, Nzinga. It's an honor and I'm pleased to be here. Let's start from the beginning. A lot yes. of people are going to think Forever Green and the Forever Green Group. What is that and what's your role? Yes, well, the Forever Green Group is something that I visualized a few years ago when I started my shapewear brand, which was Queen of the Crop. And my whole thing was all about building my own empire of businesses that can inspire women to feel, look and be her best. So about a decade ago now, so fast forward to where we are today, um, that was something where I said, okay, for it to be the best, I need the right people around me to do that. So the vision has come about. I've always loved entrepreneurship, which I've been doing since I've been at school, before I even knew it was a word, is business enterprise, especially small, medium businesses, they play a pivotal role in any economy worldwide. These companies, particularly in the women's lifestyle sector and industry, for example, hair and beauty, health and wellness and fashion, they play a pivotal role in women feeling, looking and be their best. And however, with what's happening in society now, it's causing a disruption in what women used to love, what I used to love as well, which was what we call retail therapy, to give us that boost <laughs> when we're, you know, we're looking after our kids, you know, the husband, the boy, all these, you know, challenges. That was something that we had to feel good. So just to give an overview, the reason why I started the Forever Green Group and what's it about, I'm to give you an, an overview, is I'm a mother of two young girls and I've had my trials um, when I felt very low, depressed, you know, from post-depression, et cetera, and seeing the impact that was having on my children, which I wasn't aware at the time when you're in that kind of zone. And the when they, you know, as they grow, they start telling me they remember those situations. And it opened up my consciousness, being a mother as well, to see that women around me going for the same thing, but silently. It excludes the fact that they're going through financial challenges, job losses. But the most important thing going back to was the mental health. And it struck me and says, well, if women, mothers are raising children on that level of all those obstacles in their way with the mental health issues, what does our society look like when we're raising our children who are the future? So the Forever Green Group's mission is to build 
the world's leading multinational conglomerate business within the women's lifestyle space to provide the best products and services by working with businesses, small, medium enterprises to do that successfully with our industry experts and partners. Oh, that that's a great overview. But what fascinates me, and I'm always fascinated by these things, I'm going to go a little step backwards and I'm going to go to the, well, go to the question. And the question is this, when did you realize that even though you didn't know the word at the time, entrepreneurship existed and that's something that you wanted to do? Yeah, maybe the entrepreneur, it was natural. I, it was just a natural instinct to me that if I want to achieve something, learn something, I can go out there and find it and figure it out myself. I've always had that nature within me to be comfortable, being uncomfortable as well, to go out in the trenches and learn something new. Even though as a child, and no one won't believe me, anyone that listens to me can listen to that knows me, I was a shy child. However, I was shy with, it makes this oxymoron here, with confidence. I wasn't afraid to try something new. I wasn't afraid to approach someone and say, how do you do this? I want to be involved. I wasn't afraid to roll up my sleeves. But also I noticed that, for example, when I was leaving secondary school, I was, even now, I was always doing entrepreneurial. I'll give an example. At that time, I was very, very immersed in the music industry. I'm like 13, 14. I'm writing to P. Diddy, Jay-Z. I'm flying. I flew over and travelled on my own at 17 to pursue my music career. That's my confidence. Wow. And I didn't know anything. And I was <laughs> at fifth, I was about 14, 15 years old. My mom's phone, this is when no mobiles were really out. My phone has been rang by music industry executives about how I can bring some of their artists over to the UK and do some business with them. And I'm telling you now, Clayton, I don't know what I was saying to them, how they were convinced that I'm the one to talk to. But that's one thing that I was very good at doing is persuading and having people believe in me. That makes sense. But also what also struck me in that self-belief was when I saw those going to university and I found out what's it like because I never went to university. They would come in with this, these books, these thick books. And I would say, what's it like at you know, university? And it was literally talking about how they had lessons for an hour or so. And then they had to go off their way go through these theory books and figure it out for themselves. And I thought, well, why are you paying that money for that? <laughs> it just was a logical, like, I can't understand what's the money going towards because I can buy the same books, learn what you've learned in my own way. But the key thing, which will come into the conversation, I'm sure, is what I thought everyone should have, what they miss, is having a mentor or sponsor. That is so important. And I don't feel that a mentor meaning that I'm going to get my dad's friend, my mom's friend or someone that, I mean, where do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Who do you know that you, that you admire, that you want to be in your own mind? Not like them, for yourself. You go and getting them to be your mentor. That's my entrepreneurial ship, <laughs> basically. Yes. So we're going to go back sideways now to the music industry. And when did you realize that you had a talent for that? And what was your role? Yeah, my role, my talent. I, Clayton, it was just natural to me. Okay, music, I love music. I heard it in my household. 
my parents, my background's Jamaican. So every Sunday you're going to hear reggae music <laughs> playing in the background while you're cleaning down the house, while you're cooking the Sunday dinner. <laughs> or some soulful grooves as well. So for me, it was like an instinct that I had in myself that I'm not the musician. I can't play anything. I can't sing, but I think I can like Whitney. <laughs> right. But what was I good at is that how to put the sounds together. And if you can call that production producing or executive producing, that's what I'm good at. I'm good at hearing and understanding how to put the pieces together to make it work. Even the lyrics as well is good at that. So when I would get an album or a vinyl at the time, my interest wasn't even to put the music on. It was like, who produced, who made this? That was the most important thing to me. Who is the orchestra of this whole thing? And that has been my natural role. That was always something that draws to me. That I like to orchestrate things and have the right people in the right places and the right system in the right places and let it just shine for the world. So that was my talent. That's interesting. And the reason why I find it interesting as a person who enjoys music immensely and does play and does sing and I've never felt that entrepreneurship was like being a producer, but ultimately is. I've never really thought about that. And I've had many years to think about it, but yeah. many producers do go on to become entrepreneurs. And I mean, a true producer in, let's say in the Quincy Jones or George Martin mm -hmm. sense of producer, exactly. not as opposed to I'm sitting at home with my MPC and I've got some beats. Exactly. Uh, the person that organizes the studio that makes sure that everybody turns up on that time, mm -hmm. that pays the musicians, exactly. et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Mm -hmm. And there is a big difference in that. So I can understand why that gave you a grounding for that. When did it suddenly dawn on you that you should then take that talent that you've got for putting things together and to then make it into something that was less arts-based, but more corporate-based? Firstly, my creative space has never gone. I'm always creative. I'm always forward-thinking, but being now, I've been very good. Um, going back to even my shapewear brand that I designed and developed myself with no experience, I already visioned, had a vision that the shapewear out there that does not cater to the Black and ethnic women's body shapes and skin tones, and there's a massive market for it. I was way too early. Fast forward over a decade now, Kim Kardashian's done the same thing. Yeah. Which I know, big up Kim K, I'm not knocking here, but I know she got some ideas from me because I see the similarities. Her being very successful with her, that business, her brand, that showed me what I already saw. I knew it was a multi-billion pound company. Hers is four billion pounds worth today. And that's what I was aiming to build. The difference is I didn't have those systems and people in place. I was doing everything myself, but it gave me a great master class in how to run businesses. Going back to what you're saying, my creative skills has never left and bringing that into the corporate world is required because the corporate world can be very conventional and mm. I'm not conventional. And some, you know, even in the business with the Ferry Green Group and what I do now, it does shock people like, uh-huh, how are you doing that in that way? It does shock a lot of people. How do you get that individual to be part of your team or collaborate with you? Because I'm not doing it in the same, the textbook way, because I've been there and done that. That is something where I've had to unlearn that. I've done this so-called way that it's supposed to be done. 
and it doesn't work in, in the real world. For me as an individual and the people that I've looked up to that have done phenomenal things for the world, society, humanity, the animal life, etc., inanimate, animate kingdom, they've done that by being unconventional. They've done that by disrupting the corporate world as well. Just going into that kind of slightly as well, with the corporate world, I think they, they embrace me. They embrace the new thinking. It enables them to think a certain way as well. So, for example, the Forever Green Group has just partnered with one of the leading law firms in the world. I'll announce it, DLA Piper. Fantastic. They're a massive law firm and they're working with a very entrepreneurial risk appetite you know like a child I don't I'm not you know I'm not afraid <laughs> get me out there type organization and we balance off each other very well so I learned from them how businesses run in the real world how it's really done and they learn in a way of how to think creatively that there's other ways to do this and how to draw new clientele new opportunities and things like that as well You've made that transition, but you've retained your identity, which is always, which is always amazing to be able to retain your identity in any of these corporate moves. Because the Forever Green, the Forever Green Group is quite an interesting company because it's a, it actively invests in and acquires businesses in hair, beauty, wellness, and fashion. You know, it's, it's almost as if you're putting a big umbrella over a lot of these businesses who, once they come under that umbrella, are in a position to exceed and thrive more than they probably would do as an initial business. Absolutely. Um, and I, for me, Clayton, I've always never, I've always found it like I don't understand how people want to work on their own or silo, how people, I can do it on my own. When nothing in this whole universe operates on its own, I've always been very much about partnership and collaboration. And especially when I've, for many years now, been a consulting consultant and advisor for small, medium enterprises and startups, where I see the same pattern over and over again, even when they go to uni, to the point I think, what are they teaching you there? <laughs> really? <laughs> Give me the money and trust me, you'll learn it in less than that time, way less and have more success. Um, is the fact that these companies, are uh, our vision and mission is that we're producing our, an ecosystem where these businesses within those industries of hair and, hair and beauty, health and wellness and fashion throughout that supply chain. So from manufacturing right through to retail, have access to the resources and the expertise that is not easily accessible to for them to be able to grow and thrive and build a legacy. Because again, we're about legacy, passing on to the next generation. The companies that we've, we've worked with or worked, um, I've been involved and will be involved in, it's the same similar thing that I find out with what's going on in their businesses. They feel stuck. Um, they run the business, I would say, like a mom and pop store. I feel it's also a self-esteem thing about they don't feel or it's going to cost so much to get those resources to help get them to the next level. And equally, because our main focus within those industries is helping ready-to-retire business owners who do not have a successor to sell their business, which will will buy, 
within eight weeks for a premium beyond what the market, a bank or investor will offer them. That is our offer to business owners now, particularly ready to retire, because as you know right now, there is basically going to be happening a exodus of business owners ready to retire. They've worked extremely hard with how the market is, which has just started. Unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of businesses that are going to lose the hard work, including the employees who won't have jobs. And we're here to provide the solution for that. Do you think that they are going to lose that hard work because of the financial circumstances or because they've got no succession plan? Both. I feel that Going back to what I was saying, people are acting very conventional and not willing to move with change. I feel when they think they're moving with change, they're going, okay, I see change happening out there. I've got to follow that and change now. That change is owed now. There's another wave coming that you're way too late for. What we do very well, going back to, it was an idea, I already visualised and what was happening now. Um, and I'm not saying that I knew when it was going to happen, but I spoke to business owners and says, look, there's something coming right now where there's going to be a massive change. I don't know what it's going to be, but I know it's going to change society financially, but it's going to be a fantastic opportunity as well. This is what it was. COVID and the economic um, crash that no one was expecting after the pain of COVID, for example. So my main thing is that when a business owner um, and how I like to work with business owners very, very closely is that it's not about, OK, what's your business? what's the numbers, what's it doing and say, you know, we're going there. No, the minute that they're speaking to me, Clayton, I understand what the problem is before I've even looked at your numbers because it starts within themselves first. Right. You understand? So that's what I mean by it's not just about the market because there's people out there now that I even know are making phenomenal, exponential amounts of money right now. Do you understand? Of course. So that's what I mean by it's not just that, it's where the focus is and where the problem that they keep focusing on is just manifesting that kind of problem because there's always a solution and that's what, what we do. What I find interesting is that you mentioned that when an entrepreneur is looking at something that is allegedly up to date, that's already old. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of music when somebody... If you read about a particular type of music in the Guardian or the Times, it's already old music. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going back to the days when we used to get tapes, you know, from Jamaica. We want to hear those dance artist tapes. I don't even know how we got them, but we got, we got the latest one from the studio to us. So, but, but before it gets commercial. Of course. And we're like, we've moved on from that now. That, that's old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, that's what it is. Because obviously mm. when you are in dealing with people in business, their yeah. idea of, oh, maybe we should incorporate, a, incorporate AI into our business. Oh, no. We've moved on from that. <laughs> you know, a, and the thing is, AI is not new. You've always been using AI. Correct. It's just, they're just slowly pushing it in a way. And again, to where society is moving towards computers, technology is going to take over, unfortunately, a lot of people's jobs because your focus over the past decade has been on something completely different that you thought was going to go on for another decade. 
when I'm saying that's old, whatever you're focusing on is outdated. There's a new wave going on right now. And you always got to be present, yes, but forward thinking with what you're developing, bringing into the forefront as well. And that's what I I feel when I'm speaking to business owners and um, entrepreneurs is getting them to say that, one, re- understand what's happening around you, but equally stop thinking that, okay, so so-and-so company did this. I'm going to follow what they've done and it's going to work for me. It's not going to work for you. You do not know anything in between where they've showed you the success to where you're th- you've missed the gap. Yes. You need to know that gap. And I guarantee it's, ch- it's changed. And in that gap, they've done a thousand different things to get to here. You mentioned the overcoming barriers, like in selling and scaling and transforming businesses. What are some of the common challenges? Because you deal with a lot of women entrepreneurs in hair and beauty and wellness. How does the Forever Green Group help with that? I will add as well, we're not just focused on women-owned businesses. Our focus is on that the companies we acquire or invest in to grow, their main clientele or customer base is is women-focused. Right. But what we find is that we also desire to give opportunities to women and individuals from um, Black and ethnic backgrounds, opportunities in senior executive positions. I'm an example of a ethnic majority (laughs) that is running a company that will be the first multi-trillion plan company. End of story. Mm. So what you just said about the companies that we're working on, exactly. We they're under an umbrella of way that where they're going to have easy access to world-class industry experts within their industry for them to thrive their organizations and most importantly improve them like their lives and themselves is what they're going to have i don't see any other organization providing the services that we're providing for example a company that we invested in will have access to industry experts that have consulted for FTSE 100 companies to run their business for up to 12 months to transform their organization. There's no other company that I know that is willing to purchase a company in these recession challenging times mm-hmm. above the market rate or beyond what a bank investor would offer you. So that's an instant elevation for that business for want of a bear. Instant for them and moving forward. Because what, especially for going back to what we said, our focus is on those who are ready to retire without a successor. Because you mentioned about those who... Um, have a, a children or an heir or heiress to pass a business on. Unfortunately, with technology, the ones that I speak to, there is no heir and heiress. They want to do TikTok or go into some other <laughs> industry out there. <laughs> they find daddy and mama's business is not interesting to them. Do you understand? No, <laughs> which, no. Is okay, which is okay because <laughs> because that's where our passion is. Is that we are your legacy successor that has the same passion that you've had to build this empire for yourself so that you have the money, the wealth that you're going to receive and the time freedom to pass into your generation. Yeah, That's what we're offering to you. We're not coming in as like, oh, we want to buy your business. We want to flip it and sign it. That is, we are building for long-term, again, longevity and for generations to come. We're going to take the opportunity to move across 
to the section called What Are You Like? where we talk about your favorite books, films, okay. videos, uh, songs, etc., etc. And we get a, a background, we get a, a feeling of what Nzinga likes away from business, which is probably you don't mm. spend that much time away from business because you're, you're sounding like you've got a lot of plates spinning. But when you do get those moments, mm. let's see how you feel those. So we've got what is your favorite book? And you've been kind enough to pick four, which are very interesting. Mm. Release Your Breaks by James Newman, Pathways to Perfect Living, Men Chase, Women Choose. That sounds an interesting one. It is. That one's brilliant. <laughs> Honestly, that a, one. <laughs> a Path Through the Jungle by Steve Peters. So yes. Do you want to start from the top? Shall we start from Release Your Breaks by James Newman? Absolutely. Yeah, James Newman, amazing. I wish I, I was mature enough to have you know met him and done his PACE program. But that book, it literally does this. When you know when you're in your car and let's say your brake is on, you don't realize it. And then when you and you like, I can't move, I'm stuck. And the minute you release your brake, you, you just shoot off so quickly mm-hmm. and you're being you get yourself into control. That book is about the inner world of yourself, is about there's a lot of people that do hold themselves back because of the perception that they have of themselves. And I've been in that situation. Do not get it twisted. I thought I was the bleep, bleep, bleep. I thought I I was it until I did that inner work and thought, oh, my. Oh, wow. Wow. And that book really did enable me to look at myself because it's not the same as, for example, I'm I'm a priest today and tomorrow I'm going to, you know, run a rock band. It's all about the perception, how you, I've got to use the word you, look at yourself. It mm. doesn't matter that anyone else doesn't bother me. It's how you perceive yourself. And there's a lot of valuable work within that you might not realise that you are looking at yourself in a lack way. For example, do I deserve, for example, I would love to stay out, stay in a presidential suite in a hotel, but yet you keep going and staying in the standard standard room. You can stay in that place, but you think you can't. And then you'll use things like lack of money and all that. That's a limit. There is an infinite ways that you could get into that presidential suite. For example, you could enter the competition. There could be one flapping itself in front of you right now. It's a competition to stay at this hotel. Because you're in the lack space, you're not going to see it. So that book releases the break from you to achieve and experience, most importantly, what you want by looking in yourself. And it might be painful for some, but it's very rewarding at the end. Yeah. So you've also got Pathways to Perfect Living by Vernon Howard. Yeah, I love Vernon Howard. This, these people, please check them out, honestly. Um, Vernon Howard, I'm going to use the word spiritualist because, you know, it's, I think people would understand it by using that word. Mm-hmm. But this is a man, honestly. He will shock out your chakras and, <laughs> and, get, them back, and get them back in alignment with the way that he speaks because he's a no-nonsense man. He shouts and he gets you to understand who you truly are. It's not like James Newman's book. It's more of a spiritual way, who you really are. But he doesn't do it in a softly, how are you? Your your spiritual guy. No. He will shout. He he would even sit on a chair high, high up, 
and have his audience away from, like further away from him because he understands about energy. He understands about people. He understands all of that. Not that he doesn't care, but he understands just by being around certain people, it can even lower or increase your energy. Oh God, yes. You know that. You have to understand that. Oh man, I'm telling you. (laughs) If... If you don't believe, if people oh. say, oh, it's mumbo jumbo and whatever, no. even if you don't believe in any of that and you don't, mm-hmm. believe, you will know that there are some people that you meet <laughs> and you come out from a meeting with them and you think, you're on the floor, you're begging mercy, mercy, help me. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, but Vernon Howard is a fantastic, he's helped me a lot again on my own inner journey to see myself because he shot, I like people who shock me that wake me up out of my, of the trance that I've been putting from my environment, from upbringing and so forth. And it's not knocking all of that. We're in a world where it portrays lack. It does. Mm. And you've got to learn about inwardly. It's abundant. And that's what, where I live. And these two people, especially Vernon Howard, <laughs> showed me that. But he was shocking, honestly. Amazing. Okay. So we've also got Men Chase Women Choose by Dawn yeah. Masler. Oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm comfortable. Get me ready for this. <laughs> I have to get ready for you. this book. I, I believe it's the first book that has ever been written about love. Because the institutions, which is done by the, I'm going to use the word, the governments, have stopped scientists. um, When I say stopped, if there's a scientist out there that wants to get funding, and I don't know if it's changed now, but I think it's still the same. If they want to get funding to do certain things, whether it's spiritual, spiritual, about energy, you're not getting the money. Mm. It's very, very difficult to get the money. You're going to be working very, but you have to be so passionate about it and believe, and want to, and so passionate in the way that you're happy to be living off beans and toast because you're, you're going to have to find that money somehow. So this woman, I've got to big her up because she did a study about love and it's absolutely anyone in a relationship now, right? you will understand your partner male and female. You would understand why the men behave like this. You would understand why females are like this and be like, you know what? It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I know now, husband, why you do this and not be angry with him anymore. I know why she's reacting like that for no reason. I'm not angry with you no more. This book will show you the scientific way which is all what everything is in a more energy-based, why male and female react how they react, why a man, you know, (laughs) there's so many funny things. For example, I'm going to give this one part in the book, which has fascinated me, because when I was reading that book, I was going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my, to the point now, I'm cool. When a man gives themselves to a woman, in a sense, like, I'm committed to you, Mm-hmm. Nobody else. Beyonce, Rihanna, Naomi Campbell could put themselves to that man. He ain't looking at them. Because what happens scientifically, they say, this is what happens. A man's testosterone drops, which means he is so focused on that woman that he's committed to. He will give her everything. So he becomes more weaker in a sense. Correct. He hasn't got the energy to start chasing the field. Correct. And that's why the younger man where the testosterone is higher. They're out here, every female that's moving, they're on her. 
So it's a good way to find out if your man's cheating or not. Check out their, their, their testosterone. Check that out. <laughs> you, you see, the thing is, it's it's not even so much the, the testosterone is the scientific part of it, but it's the mindset. And the it's fact exactly. is, when that's why when a man says, I can't be bothered with all of that, that science will say tos- testosterone, but him and his mates in the pub will say, we can't be bothered with that. That's- that t- that too, but I'm, I'm just giving a sign not to stop it because there's more to it than that. Oh. But there's certain things that is just a natural design makeup for a man and another for a woman. It's just completely oh, different. Yes. And that's, you know, when I've never, even younger, even now, when I'm used to hearing people say, oh, why are men like this? Why what do you mean, why? We're not the same. Why are we trying to be the same? This book would give you the answer to why the man is behaving in this manner towards you. It's not because he doesn't like you. There's different reasons to it. It's a natural way of his makeup. He shows his love in a different way, differently to a woman. Do you understand? Oh, yes. As I said, yes. please read that book. <laughs> it will save a majority of divorces and marriages. Right. Well, that's that, that, and Zinga Graham Smith sign of approval. So we're going to move on to the last one of that section, which is A Path Through the Jungle by oh, yes. Steve Peters. Yeah. Uh, he's another a great man, Steve Peters. And I love his voice as well. He's so soothing how he speaks. Again, how I would look at his book, and I've made, I've bought his. The another book by him, for, which is a children's version for my daughters, which really helps them be able to see themselves. Um, but this is a book that I feel to give it a summary. Just be okay and kind to yourself. When you're behaving a certain way, it's not really you. I don't. If I go into this, this is another podcast Clayton but it's just to summarize it to say that it will enable you to be less hard on yourself right and we all need to do that absolutely and um understand the different mindsets that you have because society you know you've been people society has been raised in a way that you only have one might know there's more than that there's something else going on in there. And when you understand it, you're like, okay, okay, I can control that sound, that voice in my head. <laughs> I'm the controller. So his book is phenomenal. And I'd recommend it to anybody of any age, excluding obviously children, because there's a children's version. Definitely get it for your children. Right. Because the younger they read, start on things like this, the better they'll be out in the world. So now we're going to move on to your business books. And you've got a few here. You've got Key Person of Influence by Daniel Priestley. Yeah. You've got Your First Hundred Million by Dan Pena. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wheelwright. And Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Yes. Um, those are great books. Those are great books, definitely. All of them are fantastic books. I don't know if you've read them. Um, the first one you mentioned was Key Person of Influence by Daniel Priestley. Yeah, Daniel Priestley is this amazing guy and he's doing great things even today with his organisation, Dent and other things as well. But he enables people to utilise themselves of being a key person of influence and also understanding the benefits of scarcity, basically not saying yes to everything, to be fair, but he does it in a way where it's very simple to build your persona out there in the market 
to be that key person of influence. So I, he's got a few other books that I think is phenomenal and it's helped me have a better understanding in how to build myself a key person of influence. Moving on, we've got your first 100 million by Dan Pena. Yeah, Dan Pena is the greatest, right? He's my uh, mentor, virtual mentor as well, that got me into seeing the best version of myself in business but because... How I discovered him, I discovered him a long time away before, and I loved him then because, again, I like powerful, passionate people who are very, people might think they're aggressive, they're just assertive and to say how it is and unapologetic about it. And he's that character. But he's the kind of person that he would drag you to your success. Whether you're kicking and screaming, he's going to drag you as you're bumping yourself along the road. <laughs> right kick you over there to get you there um and also make you see going back to what's like, going back to what i was saying before make you see who you think you are you ain't that you 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 you're simple fry you're nothing that fantastic but we'll give you the simple tools to make your first 100 million without a doubt i've seen him do that countless times to ind- individuals have done that based on his method which is a QLA program. And he, in turn, having been part of that, he's a multi-trillion pounds individual. He's accumulated that. It's interesting because I've seen him on a couple of things. And one thing that I took away from him that I found very interesting, he said that in the modern age, especially with internet-based businesses, it's so easy to actually start a business and see if it works because he said in the old days in my day you would set up a business you would open up a store you would buy stock you would get the fixtures and fittings and so on and so forth and you'd wait six months to a year and you'd wait for it to fail (laughs) but because there was there was no way you could do things he said but if you if i set up a beer business and i set it up online and i do some promotion or whatever if it doesn't work i tweak it Exactly. If it doesn't work, I, tw- I, I, I stop selling real beer. I sell zero beer, zero alcohol <laughs> beer, or I start selling ginger beer, or I start exactly. selling root beer. <laughs> Whatever. I can, I can change it every single month if I want to. Absolutely. And not yeah. be in a position to lose anything. Mm. And he said, now that doesn't stop anybody from being able to do a business. And Gary V uses the same kind of analogy as well. That effectively, Mm. you know, you try something, if it doesn't work, because it's virtually based, Mm. you technically haven't lost anything. Because you may have lost, you may have lost your time, you may may have lost some energy, but the real practical steps of setting up a business, a bricks and mortar business don't apply anymore. So therefore, if it doesn't work, you change it. Exactly. And, And that's the beauty of, you know, one of the benefits of online the internet and so forth that i but then it goes back to the, this back to okay with all of that being said why are is there 90 percent of businesses still failing then why is that it's going back to what i was saying this the mindset it's still there people are scared of oh failing oh no i'm going to keep pushing pushing this even though no one's buying it just to make a little word change here and there because they're scared of that so we you know, with all these amazing resources that we have now, ease accessible, money, people, easy to access that you couldn't access before. 
why is it that the fate is still the same or higher? Good. So we're now on to Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wainwright. Yes. Um, this is someone for those who really want to build and sustain their generation wealth or pass on the wealth or the money that they've worked so hard for over the years to the next generation or keep it in the family. He really breaks that down in very simple forms, how to do that, how to set up the structure and how to do that. So I find him really, really fascinating fantastic. He he works with Robert Kiyosaki as well on his stuff and he's worked with him. So if he's done what he's done for him, what is he going to do for you? Correct. In the sand. Correct. Um, but he's, he's helped me understand um, in my own right about the trusts and things like that, how to put certain things in together, which is very instrumental in, in protecting your wealth and paying, um, and these are the right words here, the right tax. Yeah. We also now move on to Never Split the Difference by former FBI investigator or mediator, Chris Voss. Yeah, Chris Voss. I've, I discovered him about, I think, about five years or longer now. Maybe five years um, when he just like he just was coming out. He wasn't even what he is now, which is amazing and rightfully so. Is he taught me how to sharpen my sales skills mm. better? I don't think I sell anyway, but I do. But I I use it in a more like he does, like a persuasive person. If you know, I feel that I'm you know someone wants to jump off a cliff and want to save their life. I look at a business in the same same way. I want to save your business and save you losing everything you've worked hard for and how I utilize his technique in negotiating that. So he's very good. He's he's I recommend anyone to read his book to teach you how to use certain words. And I used to I started to practice that on on friends, family. He's got one he's got one um I would say a few words that he uses when you are unable to do like you're steadfast to say this is what I'm offering and that person says no we want this and it goes how am I supposed to do that and then I keep all I keep saying Clayton is how am I supposed to do that to the point where they're like oh yeah how is she past yeah okay that yeah I'll, I'll do what you said now yeah <laughs> you'd be so surprised how words depending on who you're talking to, lands in their consciousness in a different way and means a different things. Words are very powerful. Incredible. Once you under- exactly. Once you understand the words to use, you can have anyone to do whatever you want them to do for you in a good way. Because yeah. you can equally do it in a negative way. I've, I've used it in hotels. I've used it in restaurants. For example, I want to get the best table in the restaurant. <laughs> I've used it there to upgrade my suite. I've used his techniques in that way and it's worked. Yes. And, but I think one thing that I would caveat your statement with is being polite. Absolutely. All of that. I'm not saying, when I say persuade, I don't mean, it goes back to what I'm saying. People can use certain things to get and manipulate people. Oh yeah, I'm not down, I'm not down for that. I feel that I use. He makes me change the diction, the words I would use in a way that would make them feel comfortable. Oh yes, definitely. And as you said, polite. I would agree with you. Can, can I add one more book? Because I have to. I really have to add one more book that I've read recently. And I'm telling you now, if if anybody who's listening, entrepreneur, business owner, this gentleman is giving out free information how to really scale your business to 100 million pounds or more um in in the new era for free 
And his, the, if you went to another person teaching that, and I don't think even near enough as bad as him, and a more simplistic way, you'd be spending hundreds of thousands of pounds. Facts. Right. He's doing it for free. Mm. His name is Alex Hormozzi. And his book I just um, read a few weeks ago is A Hundred Million Deal. Okay. Right. So it's Alex Hormozzi, 100 yeah. million um, offers. I think it's 100 million offers, 100 million deal offers. And he has another book out as well called 100 million leads. He did a, 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 a launch last Saturday, which I was part of. And he drew over a quarter of a million people wow. to his live webinar. And God knows how much money he's made and how many businesses he actually genuinely helps as well. And he's someone that I will partner with as well. So Alex, if you're hearing this, me and you will partner. But his book will give you the system to grow any business, a hundred million pounds or more. I'm telling you this. I'm wow. telling you. If you do what he says, just like what Dan and Pena says, do what I say, you'll get there. Oh, that's another one down. So now we're going to move on to the music section and you've got some classics <laughs> okay. here. You've got obviously Michael Jackson, who seems to be Absolutely. having a run on the show at the moment. Everybody's <laughs> Is it? Yeah, everybody's talking Is about... It best? <laughs> then we can't talk, when people try and put him in any person's category, I get vexed. I know I should be attached, but he's someone that I'm attached to. Do I look at it? I know you said about Michael. Sorry, I don't interrupt. I see how I'm getting right into it already. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, Clay. No, so you've chosen Thriller and Off the Wall, two amazing albums, two amazing records, genuinely amazing okay. records. Um, you know, what's it for you? What does it mean to you? You know, his music will transcend time, even if the earth is gone, play him some other species is playing it as well. Yeah. I'm feeling, feeling good because I've played his music to my children and they love him. Like really admired him. I remember when I first introduced my daughters to, um, introduce them to Michael Jackson and it was off the wall and they then started to become fascinated to watching his videos and how he used to dance and all that type of stuff. And he's still doing that in this day and age. Never mind when he was he was alive and doing what he was doing then. So I know that will continue into the next day and age. But the off the wall, you just can play that and walk away. You don't have to come back and skip. Play it and let it go. And it gives you that good feel vibe of all his songs. You know, PL, we'd be here all day. Listen, we'd be here all day talking about his album and then Thriller because that was an early memory for me I think it might have been about one or two this, this is what I'm trying to say when I look back when it was created I thought wow it's about one or two but I remember it being an exclusive video on top of the pops and it must have been a two or one and we're all gathering around the telly to watch this exclusive Thriller <laughs> yeah, but you will you will actually find I can tell you exactly when it was it was on a program called the Tube. Oh, was it that? Okay. Yeah, it was the Tube, <laughs> and um, which was on I think it might have been on Channel Four. And what had actually okay. happened? It was either eleven o'clock or midnight because I remember. Really? Yeah, it was on late. No, I don't know. I just remember when I saw the year it was made. I thought, wow, because I still remember it impacted me. If that so was the first age. time, if that was the first, that was when it was okay. premiered. Okay. You may have okay. seen subsequent to that. Okay, okay, but yeah, it's it's left an impact on me to see 
a man that was great mm. um, and a person that has influenced people from various genres. And I don't know anybody that influences people and musicians and artists from various genres like he has. Um, so I could be, as I said, talking about Michael, I could be here for so long just talking about, I could do two hour podcasts just on Michael. So anybody that can end it like this, compares him to anyone is disrespectful because I always say this, you can't, before you compare him, you can't even skip Janet Jackson. Before, before you even get to him, talk about Janet and she's phenomenal as well. She's influenced what she's influenced. Indeed. So he's amazing. And all around musically, he did beatboxing on the album for crying out loud. Do you know that he did? He did the yeah, beat, yeah, but yeah. It, the beats you might be thinking were instruments. It's his mouth doing that. Yeah. Come on, next. <laughs> I love. I'll be here for too long. I love him. <laughs> so, with that resounding support of Michael Jackson, we're going to move on to Mary J. Blige, the Queen of the Heartbreak songs with "My Life." <laughs> <laughs> Mary J. I love her. She. Yeah, in my teenage years, I wanted to be Mary J. Like No Tomorrow. The hat, the look. And she, and you know what it was as well, what fascinated me? I didn't know about love and heartbreak, obviously, but I felt her pain in her music, which is interesting because how could you feel it when you haven't been through it? Does it make sense? Well, that's but why I, music is important because it's mm. a musician is an interpreter. They're, it's their mm. job mm. to to display what you want to say mm. or what you're feeling mm. without you actually having to try and sound like them when you're singing into your deodorant, you know, or whatever it is that you're singing to <laughs> that <home>. you make <laughs> as you, and you make up as your microphone. Um, exactly. th th that's the whole point. That's why certain singers wow, yeah. are able to interpret that way. Now, yeah. for example, once upon a time, if you wanted to in, engage with a lady in a romantic setting, you could put on Barry White or Luther Vandross or whatever. And that would- Barry Simon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You would put that on and that would make things okay and make your intentions quite clear. Mm. Nowadays, obviously, when you listen to certain types of hip hop or rap at the end of the day, that's going to scare women. So that's, <laughs> that's why probably they need that book that we were talking about <laughs> earlier, about men chasing women shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked I liked how you broke that down because it, it, it Mary J did fascinate me to the fact that for that reason I'm I'm a teenager but I'm feeling her I can relate to her background obviously she comes from a certain background that I can relate to but what she's singing about I, I didn't experience nothing like that but I I felt it and then the, when I became you know the mature that I became. It was a different understanding. Correct. You know what I'm saying to you? So she is phenomenal and deserves flowers now and has influenced so many people, um, singers and a culture with her style. No one can't touch Mary J when it comes. And her stylist who styles her to look how she looks fabulous as she is. And she, she's, she's, she's evolved into another um a phenomenal woman on another level now with her, her career's gone but her album my life woo, love it <laughs> excellent yeah. so now we're going to move to jill scott who is jill scott <sighs> um jill scott the darling of the um uh, oh God, i nearly said new romantics but that's not what neo soul 
Yeah, no, and, and her association with the roots um, out yeah. of Philadelphia, Jilly from Philly. Um, yes. <laughs> so now you see, I prefer Jill to Mary. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jill, Jill, Jill's my girl. Did you get honest? She is. Oh, when I discovered, you know how I discovered her? It was again. We didn't have the internet and things like that at the time. It was through my sister recommending her. And she, my sister was at the time re- explaining how she heard from her. It was some random, you had to know someone that, because it wasn't promoted in that no, way. No, no, because it was it, literally, it, was, it yeah. was an album that came out on an, a label called Hidden Beach in out there, of the States. There you go. You had to, someone had to say, do you know this phenomenal individual with this music or you're not going to hear about her? So because my sister at the time was talking about her so often I thought I'm gonna go out here that's I told you that's what I'm about I want to know who's the best <laughs> before anything old I'm not interested I've been there I want to know what's the future mm-hmm. when her I heard her album Clayton the chills I got yeah, again yeah. it's an album that you just play her I couldn't even get to the next song because the first one was so phenomenal <laughs> my fingers getting worn out <laughs> just rewinding the song one song then I think okay they can't get better than that then another song comes in and I'm rewinding it. I, I, it took a while to hear that whole album. <laughs> no, because to me, Jill Scott has got the sexiest voice. Oh, the sexiest voice. Oh, as I said, me and Jill, we're, we're, yeah, we're going to be cuddling at some point in the future. <laughs> I don't know how long into the future that's going to be. That might be in another dimension. <laughs> but as I said, there's something about her voice yes, that just. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. you will... And her energy and her aura. It's her voice, but her energy comes. Through. You know, some people can just sing good. Yeah. But who she is just comes through it as like, that's a different level. Yeah. Does that make sense? Of course, of course it makes yeah. that, That's the whole point. She's yeah. she's there to make you feel, this is what I'm feeling. This is what my interpretation of it. Are you experiencing what I'm experiencing? And more, and more. And her as a being as well. I'm feeling that through her music. Brilliant album. That's um, Who Is Jill Scott by Jill Scott. So lastly, we have All Eyes On Me by Tupac Shakur, oh, yeah. also known as <laughs> Tupac. And what can I say? 50 years of hip hop, lots of celebrations going yeah. on. And Tupac is again in the news. Is it for what? Well, no, just basically the fact is uh, the celebration is 50 years of hip hop. So obviously oh, yeah, because Tupac make it, uh, um, he obviously is, is, is a founding pillar of those, um, uh, 50 years Absolutely. and uh, mm-hmm. obviously one of the standouts. It, it, there's a lots of talk about this particular album. So, yeah, so that's where we are with that one. So, mm. um, yeah, how do you feel quickly about that one? Yeah, quickly, because uh, um, he's my favourite rapper. He was a rap for me. I've been in loving hip-hop from a long time, but when he rapped, he made me feel what he's talking about. I have to feel things to know that, you know, you really mean what you're saying. <clears throat> but that album, I remember, because I got most of his albums prior to that. And then I was in London at the time on Oxford Street. I remember the shop doesn't exist anymore. It was a different Oxford Street tent than it is today. Mm. And there's a, a, a guy selling records randomly on the street. And I didn't even know the album was out. Bought the album. It was now around Christmas time. 
And that was my family's Christmas album. <laughs> we weren't playing, ring, you know, Jingle Bells, right? <laughs> weren't playing Jingle Bells and all that kind of thing. It was too bad for Christmas. Honestly, my mom, she wasn't really into hip hop like that, but she loved and loves that album. And we were just singing, all eyes on me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That oh. album, so that brings so much more very um, sentimental memories. It was a Christmas time, and all my siblings and my mom ran Christmas was together. So it's very memorable to me. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So we're going to finish up with we're going to take these three as one, which is mm. your favorite film: Best Man, Dick's Percent, and Power and Power Book Two. Yeah. Okay. That was just because at the time, but what I'm going to say quickly: those are great like shows. Those are, those are great shows and I love them because, okay, with the, with the best man, because it showed a different ways of relationships within the black community, which is beautiful and friendship and all what we go through in a very loving mm. way. The Dispossant, which was... Um, ah, you see, ah, great... if you didn't tell me, if I would have got my French on. Dispossant. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's an amazing show. It's a French series about agents um, in France, managing actors and actresses and what they go through. Absolutely phenomenal. Love that. The actors and actresses in there are 10 out of 10. Cool. Brilliant. And the, what was the last, the other one? The, your last two, what put, you put them together, Power and Power Book 2, which yeah. is this the 50 Cent produced series? Exactly. They got 50 Cent, what he's done with Power. That's one of the shows where I will watch them back to back until the next morning, seven in the morning, because I don't have time to watch them all one-on-one -on -one because I'm I'm so eager to see what's <laughs> happening next. So I watch them all in one batch into the next morning. And his, the Power series, especially Power Book 2, has been absolutely fantastic. Brilliant. And I love what he's done and what he's done for the actors, what the actors and actresses have done for themselves as well. So, but the one I wanted to really add though was Colour Purple. Okay. I've added that on there because... That was a film, again, that had an impact on me when I was younger watching it. To see a woman go through a very challenging situation with her husband and family, you know, surroundings, to feel liberated and free. Mm. She showed me that, listen, you could be in the bleep bleep, but you can get through this and shine. So that's why I'd say Colour Purple, very emotional, amazing film. So now we're coming towards the end of our time here on the Cash Flow Show, which has been absolutely wonderful. It has been. And what I want to know is that we talked about futurism and we talked about the future. What's the future for you at the Forever Green Group? The future stays the same. The mission vision is to build the world's leading number one multinational conglomerate women's lifestyle company in the world, valued at as a multi-trillion pound company that will enable women, women worldwide to feel, look and be her best while supporting businesses to thrive and be a pinnacle to any community. Brilliant. That is perfect. That's a great soundbite and that's what we want to hear. So in order for people to get involved in this, you know, whether they're business owners or they're thinking about coming to the end of their business career, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, which is forward slash Queen of the Crop, or just type in my name, Lizinga Graham-Smith, and I'll pop up. But for business owners listening, 
especially those who are ready to retire without a successor, you can go to our website, theforevergreengroup.com and complete a three-minute scorecard that will enable you to sell your business within eight weeks for a premium than what the market bank or investor will offer. And it only takes you three minutes to sell your business and change your life. Equally to a business owner that feels like they're ready to quit um, because they are either stagnant or stuck and struggling to scale their business and improve their revenue and profits and get the customers, attract the customers that they want, reach out to us at the Ferro Green Group or go to email me at myscorecard at theforevergreengroup.com. That's my scorecard at theforevergreengroup.com. Brilliant. All of those um, details and all of those links will be in the show notes for all of the Cashflow crew and everybody else that's listening. So Nzinga Graham Smith, founder of the Forever Green Group. Thank you for joining us on the Cashflow Show. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. We've come to the end of the Cashflow Show for today, but I would like to say thank you to our guests for taking the time to share their knowledge, wisdom and insight. If you loved what you've heard on this week's episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts and leave a five-star review and feedback as it really does help. Whilst you're there, listen to some of our other episodes, which you are bound to enjoy. We want to make this the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs wherever they are in the world and spreading the word really is the best way to grow our show and our community to achieve greater things. Be sure to join us next time for real people, real business, real talk.